everyone. Welcome to the Film for Fans podcast, your home for movie news, reviews, and movie fan views. This is the podcast from movie fans for movie fans. I am your host, Ryan Dunleavy, joined as always by my co-host, Rob Dunham. Hi, everybody. All right. So we love the Film for Fans podcast. We hope you love the Film for Fans podcast. So if you do, uh, give us a a shout and uh, share it with your friends. Like, subscribe, rate. If you do, you too will be able to grow a glorious beard. If, and if you don't, you'll grow my beard. If you want to grow a glorious beard. That's, yeah. I guess that's not a universal thing. But. I don't have so much a beard as much as pasted on hairs on my face. Yeah. You or someone you know will be able to grow a glorious beard. <laughs> we'll put it that way. You have the power of the beard growing. Genetics be that way sometimes. Oh, all right. So this is not a beard podcast, unfortunately. Oh. Yes. But we do have a great show in store for you. We are going to talk about May possibly being the big theatrical return for blockbuster movies. Oh. Avatar is trying to chase records for cash. And we will play a new game called Name the Actor. That's right. And of course, our watch list. Rob, you ready to get started? I'm so ready. I did like five minutes of research, so let's go. Man, okay. <laughs> Doubling it up this week. I love it. <laughs> Putting in the hard work to provide That's the quality right. for the people. Okay, so two stories came out recently that have very similar conclusions, and that is big movies are coming in May. Yes, big movies are coming in May, and there's announced they're staying in May. So first, we have Quiet Place 2, which actually moves into May. This one has been moved many, many times, as it was originally scheduled to debut last year. So anything scheduled to debut last year obviously got moved and moved and moved. But it was actually originally moved this year to September 17th, and the studio is actually moving it earlier in the year to May 28th so that it opens on Memorial Day weekend. This to me is a good sign. So I will come back to, we'll talk a little bit about both movies here in a second. So that's the first story is uh, Quiet Place 2 moving into May uh, to May 28th. And the second one is uh, Black Widow, it was announced, is staying in May. So after a number of movements from last year it was slated for may 7th and the company announced uh that it will stay at may 7th so we will be seeing black widow may 7th in theaters so rob this to me uh makes me feel very bullish about what everyone's thinking about the return to theaters that they're both keeping and moving movies into may so what, what are your thoughts yeah, I guess we'll have to see uh, what kind of audience reaction and participation there is with these movies coming out. I do think that it will be an impetus to encourage other studios to do the same. Um, I know Warner is obviously releasing on HBO Max at the same time, but they are still releasing movies in the theater. Uh, so the more studios that start to actually pick and stick to dates here, uh, in the near future, the more we'll see, I think. And uh, I, I said earlier when we talked about this that I think 
the process of getting people back out to the theater is going to be like a slow and steady thing. I don't think you're going to see like Black Widow make a billion dollars in the movie theater. It's just, I, I just don't think there are going to be that many people who are going to like flock out in droves to, to see a movie in the theater right now. Um, so I'm really interested to see where it lands uh, and what their projections are and their expectations are. Because it's just, it's just not going to be a billion dollar movie. That's just not going to happen right now. So the question is, what are they uh, content and satisfied with in order to keep on releasing things in the theater uh, sooner rather than later? Yeah. And I think this is, what's great about this is that you're going to have multiple blockbusters in May. And so that's something that says to me that the, the, the studios find it reasonable to expect decent crowds by that. And who knows where we're gonna be at as the vaccines continue to roll out and more and more people get them. Uh, we've got two months until, until that happens. Um, a, lot, uh, a lot hopefully can go well in two months. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, but I think, I, think it's, I think it's really interesting because um, both of these movies are ones that fans really wanted to see. And so if there's any, any movies that, that are gonna drive, especially a Marvel movie, um, we did not have a Marvel movie in 2020. And so the first Marvel movie in well over a year, um, if anything's going to get you to the theater, it's going to be that. So um, I think this is a hopeful sign and we shall see. Okay. Do you have anything to, com any comments on A Quiet Place 2 or Black Widow as, uh, as movies? Well, um, I am a I'm pretty excited to see that the uh, reception to A Quiet Place 2 from those who have seen it has been pretty positive because the first one was such a unique story and uh, way of telling a story that you have to wonder how do they follow that up mm -hmm. and make it just as good because the, uh, like the, the setting and the methodology behind the first one have kind of been ruined now <laughs> and the story's been told so how do you keep that same kind of tension going throughout the second movie because there's got to be a whole different level of things and from what i've seen and read people have said that it is uh it's matched that expectation which is pretty exciting and i'm i'm very hopeful about it i think john krasinski showed that he's very ad adept at um directing and writing with the first film so it'll be it'll be very fun to see what he does with this one yeah and i i love the the thought that this is both a prequel and a sequel so that right there has a level of intrigue to it where you're gonna assume you're gonna be seeing things before the alien invasion and then what it's like afterwards so it'll be interesting to see how much that story balances on which part of the the prequel or the sequel so i think, but, I think it's going to be fascinating because it's it, like you were saying it's such a unique concept it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to do a sequel on so if that goes well then uh krasinski really needs to be getting more films to direct i think that makes a lot of sense because um spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> um if you have not seen the first one he dies so uh, you were kind of wondering like how's he going to play a part in this because his character was one of the main driving forces of the first movie so i think having some stuff set in the past will you know uh only enhance the movie uh story as a whole 
Yeah. Yeah. And Black Widow is one of the, the first of the next wave of Marvel movies. So um, bring, bring to light some of the other characters. I mean, you can't really call her a minor character because um, she played a huge role in a lot of the movies, but she's one who had not had her own movie. So it will be interesting to see um, whether her character is strong enough to launch the next wave of Marvel. Yeah, I think her character's arc has just grown uh, little by little over the course of the movies to the point where uh, in the last uh, Avengers movie, she played a really significant part and was part of, uh, I guess, the major turning point in the movie that allowed things to go the way they were hoping they would go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to our next story. Um, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call this one, this is money grabbing. That's, that's just my, this is just sheer money grabbing, glory hogging. Um, that's, you know, I'm getting my opinion right out there, right from the start. So, um, and the story is that Avatar was got a surprise re-release in China. It's back out in box offices in China. And of course, this means that uh, there's a chance that it reclaims its throne as the world champion of the box office it was for a number of years for a long time held the record for the largest box office revenue uh and then it was surpassed by avengers endgame and apparently james cameron wants it back because he's a show-off can't make can't make our other movies it'll take decades to make another movie but hey we'll throw that one back out there just to make sure that we uh we take the glory from end from Endgame. What what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Avatar's re-release and possibly taking back over the the number one movie throne? Well, I have a couple uh, a couple of things to say about this. First of all, James Cameron will never let go <laughs> of the top spot. <laughs> Secondly, oh when I heard there was a movie re-releasing about blue people, I was very disappointed there was not the Smurfs. <laughs> uh, third of all, uh, this is not new. Like this is this might seem like a new concept to us, but it's not a new concept in the history of movies because no. uh, one of the most famous movies of all time and one that held the top spot in box office for a long time is a little movie you might have heard of called Gone with the Wind <laughs> that I think had like, 13 or 14 theatrical releases it, it was released in the theater uh like 20 years after it first came out because part of the reason is that movies of that quality just were not made very often so they knew that when they put that in the theater people would pay to see it yeah. um, another one that has done this is snow white and the seven dwarfs which i believe has been released every 10 years since it came out in the theater. I saw it in the theater when I was a baby, and I think it was either the 35th or 40th anniversary of the original movie. I would have to ask my mom. But that's the first movie I saw in the theater as a kid was Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, and it was like 35 or 40 years old at that point. So this is not a new thing. We don't see it often. We see, I guess we see it uh, with like special screenings, like theaters will do like a Friday night old movie, but you don't really see too often movies coming out for longer theatrical runs um with avatar it said that it only needs to make eight million dollars or so to surpass endgame it's going to make that in like the first weekend probably in china like there's no doubt it will it will pass um uh avengers 
yeah. for, the, for the top spot, in my opinion. What I have to though, is I want an asterisk. <laughs> I want an asterisk Roger Maris style. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I think, I think James Cameron, I think James Cameron is a punk. And, and this is just, this is just a uh, pure propaganda, Chinese style propaganda. That's, you know, um, that's, that's what I got to say about this. Well, I, if a movie ever does come and take Avatar spot, the one thing I know about James Cameron is he'll be back. <laughs> oh man. I mean, we got to end this segment before you start going down the rabbit hole of James Cameron. movie quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should terminate this segment real quick. (laughs) Well, speaking of quality action movies, that brings us to our next story. Does it? (laughs) (laughs) When I read this article, quality action movies not really popped in my head, but yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So the director of the John Wick films is back, and he is supposed to helm a movie that is, quote, Die Hard meets Indiana Jones. That's a pretty bold claim. So the question is, will it be? So uh, apparently the movie is called Classified and it will suppose it supposedly starts out or takes place in part in one of those like giant government warehouses like you see at the end of uh, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark when they're shoving the Ark of the Covenant into a box and into a giant warehouse. So apparently it's going to start off in, in one of those places and there's going to be a bunch of World War II artifacts involved and then diehard like shenanigans ensue. And that's literally what it says in the article, diehard like shenanigans ensue. Yes. <laughs> How can you not quote the article when that is an actual phrase in the article? Diehard like shenanigans. <laughs> That's, I mean, I think that just needs to be an official designation for action movie sequences now. And this is, this is the judgment of quality. Was it to the level of diehard shenanigans? Yes. yes. No? How is the shenanigans? It does not pass that threshold. It cannot get a good rating. When, when I read this article, I could think of, if you ever watched the show Entourage, uh, mm. the main character is always getting pitched movies and they're always like, it's a combination of Spider-Man and the Great Gatsby or like other ridiculous things. That's all I could think of when I heard this. Also, uh, I liked this movie better when it was a TV show called Librarians that was on TNT for like five years. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the John Wick movies are good. I mean, they're really, they're solid action movies. They're really good. Uh, so it will be interesting. I mean, I think Die Hard meets Indiana Jones is a pretty high bar to clear. So um, I'm not ready to give him uh, that level of status right off the bat, but it should be interesting. Uh, you know, I'm up for I'm up for giving it a shot whenever it comes. Yeah, up. I'm a little worried it will end up more like Die Easy in Indiana Homes, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, we will have to we'll have to pay attention to that one and and see what comes down the pipe later on. All right, Rob. Are you ready for the game? Let's play a game. Let's play a game. All right. So the game is called Name That Actor. Now, how this game is played is each one of us will call out uh, three to four movies. And 
are the goal for the other one is to guess the common actor. So we're trying to find the name of an actor based on movies that they have been in. So we're going to play a few rounds of this and then we'll see what happens. All right, Rob, you ready? Sure. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You can go first. All right. So I should have specified that more. Do you want me to give you one? <laughs> yes. You, you give me one first. All right. So I'll start out with a relatively easy one. Okay. So the, the movies are Contact, A Time to Kill, and The Gentleman. Matthew McConaughey. Correct. Yes, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, all right. yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go then. Okay. Uh, Con Air. Okay. The Thin Red Line. Mm. Hot Tub Time Machine. And Being John Malkovich. Con Air. Hot Tub Time Machine. I'm being John Malkovich. Okay, this is going to be a little more difficult because three of those movies I've seen once, maybe twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not John Malkovich, so we can no. cross that off the list. <laughs> it is not John Malkovich. <laughs> you know that much. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, all right, give me the first two movies again. Con Air and the Thin Red, thin red Line. Okay. Nick Cage. No, it's not. I know it's not Nick Cage, but I. This is me because there are so many others I could have given you that were way more obvious. But (laughs) oh man, if I told you the obvious ones, you would get it right away. So I know this is the problem: is these movies are movies I have not seen in forever. Um, Uh, I give you one other one; you'll probably be able to guess the person right away. High Fidelity. Oh, um, John Cusack. Yep. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> That's the problem. Is John Cusack has very John Cusack movies. Yeah. So he's the instantaneous one. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. If I said High Fidelity or Serendipity or or a, a fair few other The Raven, a fair few others, it would have been yeah. much more obvious. So uh-huh. I'd had okay. to dig a little deep there. Yeah. Yeah. That was no. That was that was a good one. Yeah. I, I thought like it was fair though, giving four. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the next one for you. Wimbledon, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. All right. Mm-hmm. Spider Man. Spider Man, the new Spider Man's? The or... original, the Spider Man from 2002. Ooh. The Tobey Maguire version. Hint, it's not Tobey Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen Wimbledon once. Mm-hmm. The, the other two were Spider-Man and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes. Uh, I've seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind a lot of times, so I'm trying to think through the people that are in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, she's she's not a she's a she plays a, a decent role in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. 
and I've given you two clues in that one yeah. statement. The only, oh, 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 oh. See your face. <laughs> You're gonna get it, I know you will. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yes, Kirsten Dunst, yes, correct. Yeah, I like I saw her face and I was like, ah, name, 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 name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did not remember she was in Wimbledon. That was the tricky part for me. Yeah, she was the uh, she was the the female lead in Wimbledon. Mm. Uh, all right, your next one. Uh, money talks. Mm -hmm. Dead presidents, the silver linings playbook, and the fifth element. All right, so Money Talks, what's the second one? Dead Presidents. Presidents. The Silver Linings Playbook and the Fifth Element. Okay, all right. Um, this is another one where if I give you one more, you'll know it instantly. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I'm gonna say either Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen? Charlie Sheen is in Money Talks, but it's not him. Uh, Michael Tucker? Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Yes. Chris yeah. Tucker, yes. I know that's what you meant, so you get it. <laughs> Michael Tucker was a Braves outfielder in the 2000s. Yeah, if I had added Rush Hour to the list, it would have been instantly. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. No, I, was, so. I was initially thinking Michael Tucker, but then I was like, wait, I don't remember him in um, – I, it's been too long since I've seen the fifth element. That's just. Yeah. He's, he's the uh, Chris Tucker is like the um, radio DJ guy. Yeah. On the, on the space cruise ship. Very flamboyant guy. Yeah. He's always Ruby. flamboyant. How he, he really Ruby, Ruby road. <laughs> name I believe in the show. Yeah. He can't do non flamboyance. So. Yeah. yeah. And money talks. He is uh, off the wall. Insane criminal guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you ready for your next one? Yes. All right. So we are going to go with. Um, <coughs> sorry about that. We're going to go with Skyfall. Okay. Collateral. No Country for Old Men. Uh, Javier Bardem? Yes, Javier Bardem. Yes. I wanted to use Javier Bardem, but so many of his movies are foreign and they're like, yeah, nobody's going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Skyfall and No Country for Old Men made that one. I was able to make that connection pretty. Yeah. That's a pretty easy connection. All right. I've got one more for you. This is probably the easiest one, I think, okay. out of the three I've given you um, because it involves a recent movie. So it might be a little easier for you because of that. Uh, Empire Records, Armageddon. Rain Over Me, and Ad Astra. Mm. Okay. All right, name them again. Empire Records, Armageddon, Rain Over Me, and Ad Astra. Um, yeah, it's... Um, I know I, I know who it is. I'm just trying to I'm trying to get the name. Um, 
yes. Uh, come on, come on. I know. I give me a second. I know the name. I'm just trying to pull it on there. Uh, Liv Tyler. Yes, correct. Yep. I knew. I like. I almost instantly knew who it was, and I'm like, why am I blanking on her name? Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> how I felt about Kirsten Dust. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. You pulling out names in the moment, some of the hardest things to do when you're doing the podcast. That's happening. And it makes you look really dumb about something you're you're supposedly knowledgeable about. Yeah. It's like those times <laughs> when you're going to introduce your friends to somebody and you just like blank out on one of your friends' names. It's like, how am I choking this bad? <laughs> and that's when you end up calling your friends only by their last names. Hey, chief. <laughs> like someone I know does. <laughs> 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 we'll remain nameless and is the co-host of the podcast hey now watch it <laughs> <laughs> hey this is dunham this is dixon this is bros yeah why do you call them that um you know just so i don't have to know their first names yeah, they they just don't need they don't need first names they're, they're, <laughs> they're good how they are <laughs> all right okay before the bashing continues, so let's uh, let's move on to our second discussion topic for the day. Um, so, as you may or may not be aware, next Wednesday is St. Patrick's Day, and as someone whose name is Ryan Dunleavy and has a red beard, I proudly say that I am Irish. <laughs> so, uh, in light of that, I I one of the things I do is I always watch uh, one of my favorite kind of Irish mobster gangster type movies um when on saint patrick's day it's one of my my personal traditions so i thought what would be fun is we talked about some of these over over a little bit is what what are movies that you have to watch or you regularly watch on specific days are there specific days of the year that you regularly watch anything no no (laughs) (laughs) end of segment no just no we're done (laughs) uh to be honest, there's uh, other than Groundhog Day on Groundhog Day, there's mm-hmm. not a whole and and V for Vendetta on November fifth. Mm. But you're you're gonna mention both of those, so I don't have many too different than that. Um, I am thinking about St. Patrick's Day though. Maybe I'll watch uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People mm. on St. Patrick's Day with Sean Connery from the fifties. Yeah, uh, it's a classic Leprechaun movie. So you know, and more fun than watching like a Leprechaun horror movie. <laughs> Yes. So maybe I'll watch that. Um, maybe I'll watch uh, one of the movies um, by a studio I'm going to talk about when we get to uh, what you should watch this week. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Because it's Irish. Um, but yeah, how about you? So for me, there are several. Like, as we talked about, uh, February 2nd, I love to watch Groundhog Day. Um, it's just a great movie and it's always fun. It was funny because it was one of the. I saw that it was on uh, Apple TV. It was one of their uh, movies of the week because I guess enough people had rented Groundhog Day. So that was that was pretty cool. So February 2nd, I'd like to watch Groundhog Day. Obviously, November 5th, you have to watch V for Vendetta. Remember, remember. Um, and St. Patrick's Day is the other one that I very often will watch a specific movie. But this one isn't one. It kind of rotate back and forth between The Departed and Boondock Saints. Um, so both of them, both of them are great movies. Um, it was the Boondock Saints for a long time until The Departed came out. Once The Departed came out, I'm like, this, this is worthy of going into the St. Patrick's Day uh, rotation. 
as a, it was a fantastic movie. And one of the last like really top quality movies that actually won best picture, like blockbuster made a lot of money. People saw it mm. movies that, that actually won best picture. So um, certainly worth watching. So those are, those are the three main ones for me. Obviously we watch Christmas movies during Christmas time, but um, those are three that I watch on specific days. So I think, I think we should have more specific days that we watch movies. I don't know that there's a ton of other movies that, I mean, there's a few New Year's Day movies, but they're not really that good. You know, we need, we need more movies that we watch on specific days. Yeah, we need to research. Uh, we should have an article about, um, like, watch a whole bunch of movies and movies that mention specific dates mm -hmm. and have, like, a calendar of movies that you should watch every year. Yeah, I was actually watching an old episode of Mr. Robot where uh, he's like, where he lands uh, at a movie theater on, I think it was October 15th, 2015, which is the date that Marty goes to the future. So mm. maybe, maybe there's some, maybe there's some uh, back to the future. Cause that's, that's the one that re references yeah. specific days. Maybe we'll have to have a uh, back to the future day. Now it's back to the past. Yes. <laughs> yes. No more time travel. The future's already happened. How sad. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh with saint patrick's day coming up make sure you watch one of your favorite irish themed movies so have at it my wife will probably want to watch brooklyn um about irish immigrants i will try to talk her out of it but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's not a bad movie it's not one of my favorites but it's it's a good story about an irish immigrant so um you can watch brooklyn if you're more romantically inclined oh yeah Okay, so what are we doing for our watch list? These are movies that we have watched over the past week. And Rob, hit us up with something you watched last week. I watched, unfortunately, a movie called Cold Pursuit starring Liam Neeson. Oh, yes. I do not recommend to anyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. That's using the term in a very broad sense. Mm -hmm. uh, movie about Liam Neeson's character who drives a snowplow in a cutoff town in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, that he literally has to snowplow through uh, feet and feet of snow just to provide access on the one road. So as he's driving the snowplow, there are literally like 10 cars behind him just following him because it's the only way out. <laughs> um, now that would be kind of interesting, I guess, but then it turns out that his son is a drug dealer and or tied to a drug dealer and manages to get murdered. So he ends up taking uh, somebody else's son, which seems antithetical to the whole um, Liam Neeson's, you know, character of not liking people to take his family away from him. Uh, but to be fair to him, he does it to like protect the kid because other people are trying to take him and murder him. So yeah. um, there's a whole bunch of violence and shooting and meaningless death. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an old man Liam Neeson action movie. I I can say that. <laughs> the, uh, too much action, plowing. I mean, the climax of the scene is he brings a bulldozer plow thing, some kind of equipment out of the garage that can snap a tree off. Mm. Snaps the tree off and puts it through the roof of the guy's car, and so the guy can't move, and then shoots him about thirty times to kill him. Oh, that's something. So yeah, that's that's definitely something. Um, 
just a lot of really bad stereotypes and dialogue and meaningless scenes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, it, 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 it seems like it was a movie that thought it was more serious than it actually was and took itself too seriously. Um, I mean, it, it was fun to watch as a mindless pursuit, but I would not recommend watching Cold Pursuit if you want to watch a good movie. <laughs> so this is really Rob's anti-watch list. Yeah. <laughs> well, I watched it, and I'm trying to save you from watching it. Um, something I did watch that was good was Ratatouille, mm. which I have not seen in a while. And I, one of the things I found about um, these animated movies is that uh, when the when I watched them for the first time, either in the theater or at home, I probably paid really close attention and like recognized and saw everything. But in my situation, when you have little kids, these movies end up being watched dozens of times. And since you've watched them once already, you kind of just don't watch the same way. You don't feel like you need to dedicate your focus to it just in the background while you're doing other stuff. Uh, but I tried to actually sit still and pay attention to the movie, and it's really a well-done mm -hmm. film. Ratatouille is very quality. Uh, probably one of Pixar's best, and uh, all their movies are good. But uh, this one has a really great message about how everyone is capable of fulfilling their dreams, uh, even if you're a rat and you want to work in a kitchen, which seems disgusting, but, you know, <laughs> it's a great movie anyway. Yeah so do watch ratatouille do not watch cold pursuit the end i i want to be in the have been in the meeting in pixar where someone's like i want a rat to be a cook <laughs> that's that's the movie right there a rat as a chef uh, gross yeah. well, what else you got no that's it okay it. it's dynamic <laughs> it's provocative yes it gets the people going <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's You're a blaze of glory reference if you have not seen that you're rolling, <laughs> rolling in the quotes tonight blaze of glory is classic oh <laughs> it was on tv this week i i watched a couple minutes of it <laughs> yeah that's about as much time as it deserves <laughs> yeah <laughs> well speaking of fantastic concepts male male figure skating so yeah <laughs> there's that <laughs> what did you watch this week all right so i I was super busy this week. I only got one movie in and like part of a second movie. So I don't feel like I want to talk about the second one because I didn't complete it again. Unacceptable. Do you even movie podcast, I bro? I know. It's bad. <laughs> so the movie I did watch uh, was really, it's a really good movie. It's Michael Clayton. Um, and this is, this is a great, great legal drama. Uh, George Clooney is excellent as kind of a, the fixer at a law firm. Uh, that is dealing with its uh, corporate lawsuit, like a high, like billions of dollars corporate lawsuit. Uh, this, uh, the movie starts out and uh, with actually a great monologue. We talked last week um, or two weeks ago about monologues and fantastic movie monologues, which that article is now up on filmforfans.com. So make sure you go to filmforfans.com and read our movie monologues. Um, this one, however, did not make the final list, uh, but... It is a really, really good monologue that opens the movie. It actually starts, uh, it starts out the movie and it's, it's the ramblings of uh, one of the main actors in the movie who's kind of the impetus for the story, which just gives this 
kind of electric start to the movie where you're like, whoa, what is happening? What is going on? Um, so it's, uh, it's really good. It's, it's one of those legal dramas that um, if you love lawyer movies, this, this one's for you. Um, there's some back and forth. Um, basically, um, George Clooney's character ends up trying to um, babysit this other lawyer who's the main lawyer on this big corporate case uh, while he um, goes on a manic spree. He's manic depressive. He goes on this manic spree and nearly sabotages the entire billion dollar lawsuit. And so George Clooney is supposed to babysit him. Um, Tom Wilkinson is the, uh, is the, the manic lawyer. And all of a sudden things start going badly and threats on his life ensue. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic character story. Um, it's definitely of, if you, if you don't like corporate legal drama, it's not going to be for you, but it's, it's a solid movie. Have you seen it? I have actually not seen it, but uh, I am that kind of person, so I should see it. Yeah, yeah, it's worth seeing. It's, uh, it's a number of years old. I think it came and out in 2007. Where did you watch that? What's it on? Oh, I think it's on Netflix or is it on Prime? I think in the show notes you said Prime. Prime, yeah. Okay. Just in case someone out there wants to watch it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to our um, our recommendations so let's leave the people with the recommendations so what movie should people watch this week rob so i'd mentioned earlier talking about saint patrick's day and irish themed things that there is a studio a cart a cartoon movie studio that has put out some irish themed movies recently and if you have not seen any of these the movie studio is called cartoon saloon um which may not be a familiar name to you definitely not along the lines of pixar or warner brothers or one of those DreamWorks, uh, but they have three movies out: uh, "The Secret of Kells," "The Song of the Sea," and their new one is called "Wolf Walkers." And the animation style of these movies is absolute art. Um, if you have not seen any of these, you should see them. Uh, they deal heavily with the themes of Irish folklore, um, uh, fairies and mermaids, and all kinds of other things. Uh, the newest one, Wolfwalkers, is on Apple TV Plus. Uh, debuted there a little very recently. Uh, the Secret of Kells is available on Hoopla if you have that, which is a library uh, app. So if you have a library card, uh, you'll probably want to check out hoopla.com to see if you have access to that because that's on there. And there are several other good movies that are on there for free. Um, and Song, the Song of the Sea is not currently on any streaming services for free, but it's on all the major ones to rent uh, for four or five dollars, I guess, depending on uh, what quality you're going to use. Uh, but yeah, again, the movie is called Wolf Walkers, and it's on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, and uh, so I think Michael Clayton is on HBO Max. Okay, HBO Max for Michael Clayton. Um, and my recommendation this week is one movie I mentioned earlier uh, to go for St. Patrick's Day, and that's The Boondock Saints. Um, so the Boondock Saints was um, was this indie movie that came out in the late '90s, uh, very low budget, but it is it is fantastic. Now this new movie is not for kids. <laughs> it has <laughs> it has 
a lot of violence. It has a lot of language. Um, it is it, it is a fairly ridiculous movie, but it is awesome. The basic premise is there's two there's two Irish brothers who um, hear a story from their priests about how um, the famous Kitty Genovese story from the '60s, where where she was being stabbed and a bunch of people heard her and did nothing, and and the priest is admonishing people to good people to stand up and do something. And so these two brothers uh, end up afoul of the Russian mafia and they decide it's their, it's their job to go take out the trash. And so they just run around starting to just run around killing mobsters. And then there is Liam or there is Willem Dafoe who is the cop sent in to investigate. And uh, to say his character is quirky, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of an understatement um, but the characters in this are so fantastic they're so dynamic it's the best of indie writing there are some just unreal like they did not just do that in a movie sequences especially one involving a cat if you've seen the movie you know what I'm talking about if you haven't just pay attention to whenever there's a cat <laughs> so it is it is a violent, gory mess that I cannot, I cannot recommend, but I have to recommend because it's just, it's, it's a unique movie. So watch the Boondock Saints. Certainly represents the versatility of the word. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the thing about that movie is that it is so over the top, but there are genuinely moving scenes in the movie. Yeah. When the brothers and their, their father take over the courtroom or the the shootout scene outside the house like those those two scenes in my opinion have no business like have no business stylistically or quality wise being in a movie with this budget like they're they're just phenomenal yeah um i think they would be they would fit in any movie no matter what budget it was so the fact that the people behind this were able to accomplish that is very impressive to me yeah, and there's actually some really solid directing in this of how they how they lay out the scenes, how they set it up. Um, you really get into a feel and a flow for the movie. It was really, really well directed. And so it, it became very, very popular as, uh, as an indie film, uh, especially in the mid-2000s. Like, this was like your classic, like, dorm movie that everyone in college was watching around the time where you and I were in college, actually. And... It was very frowned upon us watching it at the institution that we were at. <laughs> that doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> hey, Rambo, here's your rope. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. There's so many great, there's so many great, uh, there's so many great lines and so many great moments from that movie. So um, this is going to be my St. Patrick's Day selection this year. So I think it should be yours too. All right, Rob, you got anything else for the people? I do not. Well, then that will be the show. Thank you for hanging out with us at Film for Fans podcast. Check out filmforfans.com. We really do. We're getting more and more articles out there. We've got some good content on there for you, um, including, as I mentioned earlier, the, the great monologues of movies is up and ready. Uh, so make sure you rate, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about it. And until next time, enjoy the movies. <laughs>